Welcome, Iowa innovators, educators, entrepreneurs, ecosystem builders, and anyone who's interested in finding fresh ways of doing the work that they do right here in Iowa. This is Iowa Innovation, powered by NuboCo and sponsored by Nine Master Good, where we can talk to leaders in innovation, education, and entrepreneurship. I am your co-host, Rob Merritt, and uh, my co-host today is Anthony Betters, who is uh, one of the newest members of the NuboCo team. Uh, Anthony, talk a little bit about uh, what you do for us. Yes, so my title is Community Engagement Manager, um, and I was brought on to kind of help out with the new partnership program that we have going on. It's called Community Partnerships. Um, and so with that, we are helping collaborate with other ecosystems around the state of Iowa to kind of help them pinpoint what they might be lacking. Um, and so if that might be an entrepreneur help, innovation, or let's say with any coding or jobs, that's kind of what we want to help out with. And today we're going to be joined by Amanda Paskett, who is the uh, owner of The Visual Element, which is a marketing and design firm in Elgin, Iowa, which is a very small community and is actually a perfect example of the challenges faced uh, by entrepreneurs who are in smaller communities. And, uh, and so we're excited to hear from not only just the challenges that she's faced, but also how she's overcome a lot of those. So let's innovate, Iowa. This show is sponsored by Nine Master Good, Iowa's largest law firm offices in Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, and Ames. Nine Master's cutting-edge, positive legal approach has helped businesses of all sizes succeed for more than 100 years. So, Anthony, before you came to NuboCo, you actually had your own business, uh, working with the elderly. And I imagine that you probably had to talk with attorneys or have some kind of representation in order to make that business work. Yes, having attorneys and also insurance was key. Uh, just because of having caregivers that went into the elderly's homes to help them out with certain things of their their medications or help them with bathing and such. Um, if something were to happen on the caregiver side of thing to that individual, of course we would have to have the lawyers or the attorneys be able to assist with those certain things. And that's the kind of thing that Nymaster Good can help people with. Um, you might not initially think, oh, you know, I'm, I don't need an attorney. I'm just, you know, I'm just like starting my store in the middle of, you know, Elgin, Iowa, uh, or I, I have like my own consulting service and I'm not doing anything that would require me to have an attorney. But it's, you might, there's actually a lot of things out there that it's just good to have somebody in your corner, whether it's to give you advice or to have in case something goes wrong or simply to protect you. Uh, and that's the kind of services that Nymaster Good can offer. And uh, and they offer those kinds of services in more than 70 different practice areas. In fact, Nymaster has attorneys with expertise in all areas of the law, including corporate structure, capital raising, intellectual property protection, tax planning, employee benefits, labor and employment law, government relations, and litigation. Visit Nymaster.com. That's N-Y-E master.com to learn what Nymaster Good can do for you. Well, welcome to the podcast, Amanda, and thank you for driving all the way over from Elgin to join us. That's uh, that's quite a hike. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about Elgin. I don't even you meant you were saying before what the population was. Yeah, it's about um, between six hundred and seven hundred people. Wow! And you've started a design and marketing firm in Elgin. I I have. What 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 made you 
Well, first, before we talk about what, what, how you got it, how, how, how the company came to be, uh, tell us about the visual element. What kinds of services do you offer there? Um, I first started out with just graphic design, but I've moved more into marketing and consulting. Um, I do a lot in the real estate market. Yeah, how did that happen? How did you find your way into real estate? Um, so when I was first starting the visual element, my aunt owned a boutique in Chicago that sold um, like miniature dog clothes and shoes and fancy dresses and stuff. So I was doing her marketing and then she started into the real estate market in Chicago. And once she moved there, their brokerage was looking for a new designer. So she recommended me. And ever since then, I've been there for over three years. Wow. Quick question. How do you market miniature dog clothes? (laughs) (laughs) It is a very, very niche market. That is for sure. Um, But it's a, yeah. I, do you what do you do you get like a dog and have that dog model everything or do you just kind of like how does that even how do you, how do you put that together? So right. she she actually had her own Chihuahua that was kind of like her baby her sidekick everywhere. Um, I mean painted her nails everything so it was kind of natural for her to just want that for everybody. Um, so we kind of used her chihuahua lily as the model for everything nice um, she's even on like the clothes clothing tags and all of the marketing <laughs> so when you decided to start visual element um i mean you obviously could have moved to a larger you know you could have moved to cedar rapids des moines iowa city um there, there's a number of larger markets you could have gone to what made you choose to stay in elgin and found the business there Um, I really enjoy the quality of life that Northeast Iowa has. I mean, it's got all of the recreational opportunities at the same time as having, I mean, fiber optic internet, which Chicago doesn't even have yet. (laughs) So um, that part is kind of amazing to me. Um, I like that the communities are small enough that I can get to know everybody. And my kids go to a school that is basically walking distance. Um, it's just a totally different way of life than a big community that you tend to get lost in. You know, that fiber optic, uh, internet element, that is something that I think a lot of people don't know about, but how I, and I remember reading about that a few years ago that this massive network, this super advanced network was being built in Northeast Iowa. How, how did that come about? Um, I think that the governor offered grants. Um, to local utility companies to get that in place. Um, one of, like Elgin was one of the first communities within our area to get fiber, so that was pretty exciting. <laughs> and, and what is the largest Iowa community that is closest to Elgin? Like if someone was trying to figure out roughly where Elgin is on a map, like, and you, or you needed to drive to a larger city, what's the closest one to you? Um, so Decorah would be about 40 minutes north of us, and then Waterloo would be an hour-ish south. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You, <laughs> you guys definitely have that area of the state to yourself. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere, basically. Yep. And so Decorah, that's where uh, the closest Walmart is, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when I moved here, funny story. Yeah. And everyone experiences that when they move here from a bigger community. It's like they're shocked that you have to drive 40 minutes to get to a Walmart. 
and to me like now it's like a full day road trip like it's exciting <laughs> which is so sad but yeah so so day one when you founded the visual element in Elgin what was the biggest challenge that you faced right out of the gate um one of the biggest challenges would be that there is the I would say um the population is the hardest thing because even just getting your name out there, not all of those people are going to require your services. And just so your network already starts really small. So just to build the network up enough to get to the people that you want to get to takes a long time. And how did you do that? Like what were the first steps to build that network? Um, so going into Chicago helped build the network there. Um, and then if I build the network here, I, I attend as many educational and networking opportunities as I can. Um, one of the biggest ones recently is the Reset Networking Conference that um, Brittany Todd puts on. And that's a, a business building, um, networking, all sorts of things conference that she specifically has created for smaller communities in Northeast Iowa. That's, I, I was not, Anthony, did you know about that conference? I had no idea. I'd never heard of that. That would be an incredibly useful resource. Yes. Yeah. In what town is uh, this conference at? So the first year I attended was last year, and it took place at Upper Iowa. Um, and then this year she's had a couple different smaller, like, mini conferences. Um, one was in El Cater, one was in Lansing. Um, and then the big conference will be at NICC in Kalmar. Okay, nice. Yeah. Now, Anthony uh, is originally from Texas. <laughs> did, Shout out to Waco, Texas. <laughs> uh, now, did you, in, in Texas, do they have things like this to help smaller communities kind of network? Because Texas is so much larger than Iowa. I imagine that the challenges starting a small business there are even bigger than they are here. Right. So the crazy part about that is that I went to Baylor University. Um, and I was a corporate communications major. Didn't really try to seek out to find anything like that, you know? And so when I moved here to Cedar Rapids and started getting in the workspace and running a business, then that's when I started to find different networking groups and different businesses or people that had conferences about that. And so to be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I literally have no idea. I'm sure there are, but in that time, the space that I was in in college, I just wasn't seeking to find those things until I became and got in the space here in the Cedar Rapids area. So uh, one of the things that Anthony is doing at Nuboco since joining our team is, uh, is, is working on helping to... Uh, Nuboco is trying to reach out to more communities and, and work with... Uh, work with different businesses, kind of help give them support. Um, have you had much experience, Anthony, so far in the job as far as, um, as far as working with smaller businesses that are, are needing help or needing to get plugged in and, and find and, and get connected to other people? Yeah. So for myself, so I moved here five years ago, uh, to run a business called Visiting Angels. So it was a small, uh, senior in-home care service. So I moved here by myself, didn't know anybody. And so, of course, I had to find different people who were like-minded to help me out and understand about the ecosystem here in Cedar Rapids to find the niche of the elderly. Um, and so from my experience and having that um, and also being able to network with other individuals who might have need help with their small businesses, I have a small 
um, I guess, rapport with individuals in Cedar Rapids that I've been able to help out. Um, but now being with NuboCo and be able to expand uh, my knowledge uh, to be able to help out other ecosystems who might be having a lack in certain areas, that is something that is pretty awesome. And being able to uh, collaborate with individuals that have been with NuboCo for a while. So, yeah. So, Amanda, you were saying that you have real estate work is like a really like a primary area of focus for visual element. But uh, what are some of the other areas that you focus on there? What are some of the other surfaces that you provide or different areas you work in? Um, I do a lot of fundraising because I have a passion for nonprofits and missions that, you know, are helping people to rise above and better themselves. Um, so, like, right now we're working with the Fayette Police Department to raise funds for their new canine dog. Um, so it's a lot of those kinds of things that kind of come my way. Have you thought about bringing together the canine dog program and the dog clothing program? <laughs> <laughs> I had not, but that, that could would be, be really fun. That's a website I would check out. <laughs> I want to see them try to put like a little frilly dress on a police canine dog just to see what happens. There we go. <laughs> I'm all about it. See, I've got I've got the marketing ideas. There you you go, know, yeah. if Nubico Air doesn't ever work out, I'm going to the visual element. <laughs> there I'm go. gonna be like, hey, I got an idea. You know what we should do? <laughs> Why am I getting bit by this dog? What's happening? Because it's uh, wearing a dress. <laughs> um so okay, so um, and yeah, as far as your involvement with, you, you're mentioning you're involved with, with nonprofits and, uh, and you were even saying, I think after this interview, uh, you're volunteering. Yep. So on Tuesdays, I now go back to Open Hands Food Pantry in West Union, which I had worked, uh, I think over a year at before I took a little hiatus to focus more on the business. Um, but I'm coming back now because they've expanded their services so much that, um, they kind of need a reevaluation of how the operation's running. I recently graduated with my MBA in organizational development, so they've kind of been my little guinea pig on how I can help them with their processes and procedures and how we can make it more efficient to get people in and out faster. Where did you graduate from, by the way? What university? Um, both times I was Upper Iowa University. And are they in... They're in... Fayette. Fayette, yeah. Which... Fayette, now when after you had started Visual Element, you actually moved the business to Fayette for a while. I did. How did that? What 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 prompted that change? Um, so, the office I had at home, I was growing out of in terms of equipment. Um, I like to kind of take in my hand at different things to try and test out what's going to work, what's not going to work. Um, so we moved there. Like yeah. what kinds of equipment were you experimenting with? Obviously, I assume design <laughs> computers, but what else computers, are you working yeah. with? Um, then I also dove into vinyl cutting. Um, like signs, like making signage? And that signs, kind of T-shirts, um, anything like that. Sublimation, heat press work, large format printing. Um, I, t I tried 3D printing for a while. Um, Do you I, still have that 3D printer? I don't. Oh, I was going to ask if I could borrow it. I, I would like to get a new one that's a little bit more <laughs> updated. We got one for free and no book of. <gasps> I know, but I want like one that I could have Downstairs. in the basement that I'm like, at <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, I'm like, I want to print an action figure. I can. Yeah. The, yeah. That's I was... what I really want. 
I need to open my own shop so that I can have, you know, I don't have an excuse. Like, no, no, this is for business, really. I swear. That's why I have this printer. Pay no attention to all the action figures printed <laughs> behind it. Those were just tests. Mm-hmm. Sell all of them. <laughs> so, so okay, so you, so you had all this different equipment, and you, you moved to Fayette, and, uh, and then what happened? Um, I was able to take on a couple employees at that point, so then we expanded our services even more into video editing and just being able to offer more time to more people. So things must have been going pretty well at that point then. You must have had a pretty decent client base if, if you could expand to that level. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But markets change and markets shift. So um, one of my employees had to leave just due to family circumstances. So I'm trying to take on all the work he was doing at the same time doing my own work. So, Well, that that brings up another challenge that obviously you would face in a market like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not just finding clients when you're in a smaller market. It's also finding employees, finding people who are qualified to do the kind of work you need them to do. Right. And that's very hard, especially in the tech world, I think. But um, I even took him on before he knew how to video edit and he kind of self-taught himself. And I, you know, I offered that space to be able to do that. So within six months, he was pretty proficient at it. Do you have a pretty solid team now? Um, so I have one... Um, employee who is a student at Upper Iowa, and she only comes in a few hours a week, but it's just me and her every so often now. Yeah, I was going to ask if you know, being fairly close to your alma mater, if, if you're able to work with students there, and if that is actually a pipeline as far as potential recruitment. Um, she came to me a couple years ago as an intern um, and has stayed ever since. And I've offered that to several other people. Um, I had an intern from Luther College through, um, he was in that psychology department for organizational development. So that was um, a totally different aspect of being in business. Um, But that was interesting as well. So as a business owner, do you find that it's, you, the work grows to a point that you're like, okay, I, I need more people. I can't do this on my own. Or do you bring people on with the intention of when I've grown my workforce, I can start chasing after additional work that I simply couldn't have chased after if I was on my own? Like, do you hire the people first and then go after the work? Or does the work build up to the point that you recognize you have to hire more people? Um, for me, the work built up. Um, I'm pretty good at self-sufficiency, so I and I love to be busy, so... I'm not willing to just throw work at people nonchalantly, I guess. I, I want it to grow enough that I, it's sustainable to a point that I know I'm comfortable with and to bring on those people because I don't, I don't want to let anyone down. You know, If I'm responsible for them, then I want to make sure they're taken care of. Sure. Yeah, with that, I'm curious. So how do people find you uh, in that regards, and how has your clientele grown? Uh, I would say most of my clients are word of mouth. So especially like the Chicago real estate market, it's now I'm branching out into mortgage lenders and uh, real estate attorneys, um, all of the different aspects of real estate. So that is really fascinating when somebody new emails me and then 
they're always shocked when they find out I'm in Northeast Iowa and yeah. not in Chicago. It's just me. Right? It's just me. Yeah. <laughs> does that actually present challenges to you when someone finds that out? Do they get nervous about the fact you're so far away? Or does the fact that we can do so much work virtually now mean that they don't really care where you're located? Yeah, I think my reputation there has grown enough that they're pretty comfortable just giving me the work. I mean, it'd be basically like if you hired someone on Fiverr, but you're going to get someone based in, in the United States who's close, who understands your exact market. So what's uh, your marketing and graphic design? It's like critical as ever for, for businesses in today's world, which means that there are a lot of organizations that offer those services. So what are some, what are some methods you've used to try and make the visual elements stand out and get people's attention? How do you compete? In, in that in that market? I, I think the work stands for itself. I mean, it's not... I can tell when people are using Canva and templates and stuff, that to me is not as professional or as high luxury as somebody that's offering you a custom branded to you uh, marketing piece. Well, and along those lines... Um, that's actually something that because I've I've done I've done marketing communications work uh, for a while now and and uh, and one of the things that you often run into, um, especially with small businesses and nonprofits, in both cases they're usually like, look, we don't have the budget to hire like an outside marketing firm. We you know we just can't, uh, so we do everything inside, and yet. I've found that a lot of those companies, once they actually, you know, start, you know, once they start talking to an outside company, they discover, oh, I don't have to spend a hundred thousand dollars. There are there are smaller projects I could do that this company could help me with that basically give an outside perspective that are like, oh, you know, you wouldn't have thought of this on your own, or you're so close to your business that you're not able to see what other people are seeing and figure out how to communicate to them and like, you know, you need this thing. Um, do you, especially in a smaller community, um, do you find yourself having those conversations a lot with, with smaller organizations that just being like, no, really, you may not have much of a budget, but even putting a little bit toward this, I can really help you. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely see that, especially in smaller rural communities. Um, a lot of like mom and pop shops come in and they don't want to spend the money, but at the same time, they don't understand that their message is actually, they're communicating a message to a specific audience, but they don't understand the audience. It's more about what they want and how they feel, but not about what their audience wants and how they want their audience to feel. So when you talk about audience, um, are you creating like the brochures or, or what are you actually creating to help them uh, succeed? So I create anything from brochures, business cards, social media posts, um, websites, any marketing tool that they need to be successful. I mean, it could be down to just creating their brand and their the tone of voice they need to be using, their identity as far as their logo and colors and all of that. Yeah. Are you using like any SEO? Um, I If I'm creating a website, for sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I, can, I can speak on that for sure. <laughs> Uh, so I can tell for like when I first moved here, of course, I had no idea about the community. Um, and also just building a business, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to 
bootstrap this and I'm going to do business to business marketing and I'm just going to walk and knock on doors, let everybody know about myself. That is not how it works. No, no. Um, unless you just want to be small forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how that works. But once you actually get with the times um, and understand <laughs> of how marketing um, and get, getting with the actual marketing expert, that can definitely make you a little more successful and more so visible than anything else. Yeah. So you mentioned that you really enjoy where you are. You like the the, the qualities of life. Um, with that in mind, as you look f- ahead with Visual Element five years down the road, how do you want to grow to the business in a way that still allows you to stay where you are and still enjoy that quality of life? Like, what are your future plans for the business in terms of growth? I mean, I'd like to fully be able to support a minimum of five full-time people. Um, and with that, each one possibly has their own, um, you know, unique territory. Yeah, territory, but also, like, they understand, like, I have a video editor, and he's, like, specifically my video editor, and then I have somebody who does um, the actual video production, the photography. I mean, I want to build it so, like, my team is each individual piece that I'm trying to be all by myself. Is your video, when you were doing video before, was it kind of an all-in-one person went out, shot? then edited, did everything themselves. Right, yeah. So, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, that it comes with, you know, starting your own business. You're going to have to do all of it for a little while at least. Right, and I guess going with that, what was the hardest part of starting um, your business? Um, I, I don't know what the hardest part. I think it's just getting your name out there and for people to start... Um, seeing you as somebody who's worth, you know, taking the time and talking to and, you know, working with. So you've, you've touched on this earlier with the, the networks, things like that, but, um, but what advice would you have for an aspiring entrepreneur who's in a similar situation? They're in a small community and they like where they are and they don't want to move somewhere bigger but at the same time, they want to start a business that requires them to find clients that might be outside of their community. What advice would you give them for how to do that? How do you start something? Um, so like with network building, I, I just start with whatever I can find. So like these conferences, I did some research on like the different kinds of things that were available in my area, and I attend them. Um, and through that, then I meet people and I get connected to their network, and it just keeps expanding from there. Um, I do a lot of community events, or I try to um, be part of community organizations. Um, I'm working on my real estate license, so I'll, I can get more you know, business through understanding those clients and what they need, because they're going to also have a network. <laughs> so <laughs> it's branching out in various different ways. So would you say being involved in the community and, of course, like helping volunteer, uh, that helps your business out, of course, as a whole in the sense of people aren't just seeing you, oh, hey, she just has a business and she's not even wanting to be a part of us, you know. Um, But now they kind of see you as, oh, she's in the community is more so of a a friendship. Oh, I know her, you know, I know her kids and all that stuff. Has that helped your business grow from kind of the word of mouth in your area, you think? I think so. And they also see me as just me and the 
things I like to do or, you know, service-based, like if you, the five love languages, mine is service. So mm-hmm. if I can help you with anything, that's, you know, what I like to do. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. You know, the world of, of marketing and communications is just constantly changing. It's so fast, especially mm-hmm. the rules of social media and everything like that. Um, working in that arena, how do you stay on top of those things? How do you stay on like the trends and, and be able to offer services that, you know, haven't become two years out of date or mm-hmm. one year out of date? Like, how do you keep up with it? Uh, I think that's that's always going to be the biggest challenge probably in a tech world is being up to date. I mean, things are always changing. So um, I'm always being presented with new challenges, especially a lot of the times the clients bring me those challenges and like, hey, I've never done a TikTok video. What do I do? Um, so being able to communicate effectively and explain those things so that they understand them and they can do them themselves is a big chunk of it. I don't know why, but as soon as I heard you say TikTok, my <laughs> mind just went to little dogs running around with little dresses. I don't know why. It's just, it all comes back the to the dogs. dogs. Yeah. Canines chasing around little dogs in frilly dresses. and That'd be a TikTok video, I'd watch. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, you got to tag me if that's the case, if all you right, do that. All right. <laughs> you know, along those lines, what do you love most about what you do? Um, so being super nerdy about it, I love the... Um, actual physical impact that I'm creating for somebody, even if I'm nowhere close in time or space to them. So if I'm creating a message and it's going out to the world, I don't know who's receiving that message. And um, it's just amazing that I'm actually physically impacting their brain by sending that out to the world. Mm, Yeah. And when I think about what you just talked about, I think about a legacy that you're leaving. Um, you're leaving a legacy, of course, not just for your community, but also for your kids to be able to say, look, this is what my mom did. You know, have you ever thought about that as a whole? Um, not really. I, I, I definitely see like one of my first slogans was to expand your impact and empower your brand. So like, that's what it means to me is like, that's what you're doing is you're impacting not only yourself or your community, but like the entire world once you see the networking happening. Yeah. Is there, is there any one thing you have worked on that really stands out in your mind as something you're especially proud of? Um, I, I think just being part of uh, a brokerage that's now grown to the top 1% in production nationwide is pretty it's <laughs> big time. That's awesome. That's yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I definitely love that team. Does it ever mess with your head at all that you're building marketing for you're building marketing materials for a real estate company that is primarily in the Chicago area and you're talking and you're meanwhile are in like a very small community where properties are probably very, very different <laughs> from yes. the, from what you're advertising. Does it, does you ever have like those weird moments where you're putting this together and then you walk outside your front door and you look around and you're like, yeah, that's not here. That's not here. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm listing, you know, million dollar properties sometimes and it just boggles my mind. Like, oh, what you're paying $70,000 for a parking space. Like, that's what people pay for their houses wow. here. But at the same time, like, I feel like I, I understand the luxury aspect of it. And I also want to bring some of that back to Northeast Iowa. And that's part of why I want to pursue a real estate license is just to help 
grow some of those higher quality or newer, you know, kinds of housing and yeah, I you were you were talking about that before uh, before we started recording that um, that you're working on you're you're studying realty and uh, and I assume that a lot of that just came from so much of your client work is in that area. Um, is that one of that's something I've always enjoyed about doing marketing work is that you do get to learn about these other areas. Mm-hmm. Like in order to be good at marketing them, you have to learn about them. You have to understand them, and so you get this opportunity to discover these whole other areas uh, that otherwise you probably wouldn't have taken the time to learn about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes you better in communicating to other people why they should care about this thing or why they should buy this thing. Or you know, um, Has that been a good experience for you, get, being able to do that with Realty? Yeah, I mean, I, I am like an avid, lifelong learner anyway. So I think that's what I also love about marketing is I can be in every different kind of market. And um, I'm so curious that I'm going to learn about what it is that you are trying to sell and who it's going to, because I don't know, I just can't help myself. (laughs) (laughs) And would you say, uh, so for your clientele, it's pretty much all real estate, right? Um, The biggest ones are, but I mean, people come to me for community events, for fundraising, for um, hey, I'm a small business. I I need a new website, or um, they just need s- new signage or posters or any anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got years and years ago, uh, when I was the I was the marketing and communications director for Theater Cedar Rapids. I had never done video editing ever in my life, and we kind of got this idea. Our, our executive director was like, "Oh, it'd be so cool if we could do a video." Because we were recovering from the flood of 2008, it was like it'd be great if we could do a video that would would help tell our story. But we, you know, we can't afford to hire somebody to do it. Um, and I said, well, I could try to figure it out. And so we got a camera, and and I I did like your employee did. I just kind of taught myself what to do. It was not something that on my own I would have ever attempted. And what I discovered as a result was that I loved shooting and editing video. Mm-hmm. And now, to this day, that's a huge part of what I do for my job. And I, and I do a lot of freelance work with it also. It's like a whole passion that I discovered. Um, have you had anything like that in the course of doing the work that you do? Like, did you have to do something that, you know, you're like, I have to do this because I have to do it. And then after working on it for a while, discovered that you really, really loved it? Hmm. Um, I, I think that's just everything I've done. Um, so people will come to me and be like, uh, can you print me a T-shirt? And if I didn't have any of that equipment or the knowledge, I would go get it and I would learn it and I, so I could do that service. Because I, I, I wanted to be helpful for that person. You know, I wanted them to succeed. So it didn't really matter what it cost me at the time because I gained so much in learning those processes that it just kind of washed out. Right. So on the other side of that, is there anything that you do now that you're like, ah, man, like that you really don't like to do that you would rather give to somebody else to do? Um, I would say most of the production stuff at this point so like the vinyl cutting and all of those things, I would rather give to somebody because I feel like my knowledge base now is more valuable to oversee them and help them with their questions and problems. Um, 
so that they're also learning those skills. That's tough to do though. Cause I, I get the impression just from talking to you that you're kind of a perfectionist. You really want yeah. things to be a certain way. And it is so difficult when you're like that to let go, to be mm. like, here, you do this when you're like, just get out of the way. I'll do it. I'll do it. I will make it right. That's it's hard. It's so hard. It is so hard, but it, that is a definitely a hurdle that I've been, you know, forced to face. So how do you do that? Again. How, how do you let go and give somebody else that power? Um, I, I think it's just a, uh, I have to do it over and over again because I'm also learning at the same time they are. So when I'm, I make sure that they understand that, Hey, we're, this is a learning organization. And because it doesn't matter what position we play, like we're all learning here. Maybe you will figure out how to do this better than I could. And then you can teach me that. So I don't really, I mean, I'm trying to look at it more as a learning opportunity than as like a punishment or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's also for her sanity, Rob. Yes. Yeah. Uh. I try, I, I'm like, I got to get 20 million other things done. I can't watch you. I gave like, up on the sanity long ago. Because <laughs> with the running of business, I remember it was just once it got to that point where I was like, I'm just super overwhelmed. Uh, but then once you give somebody else um, I guess a space to help you out you have to realize they're not like you mm-hmm. they're not a perfectionist they're not going to do everything <laughs> exactly how you do it and so you have to of course groom them and help them understand of course um, your I guess idea of how you want your business to be ran um, and also just to make sure that they're doing right by you right yeah yep well, man, it has been wonderful having you on. And again, I can't thank you enough for making the drive over here because <laughs> yeah. uh, this has been a great conversation and I'm excited to see where Visual Element goes from here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. Nice talking to you. It was great. <laughs> well, thank you so much to our guest, Amanda, for coming on the show. And remember, you can find Amanda Paskett on LinkedIn and she'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. And if you love the show, please, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also visit the blog, nubo.co slash blog to find key takeaways summarized and detailed. This podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Media Group. For more information, go to lasmediagroup.com. Finally, we sure would love it if you would consider donation to NuboCo. Your contributions to our nonprofit help continue to serve innovation, educators, and entrepreneurs across the state of Iowa. To learn more, visit nubo.co slash donate. So what did you think, Anthony? Hey, I thought it was awesome. I think that her being in the small town of Elgin, of I think she only told me like 600 people. Yeah, it's and crazy. And having that business, it was amazing. And she's working with realtors in Chicago. And yeah, it's just a fantastic story. Yeah. And it just shows you can you can make something work from pretty much anywhere if you, uh, if you know what you're doing and you don't give up. I agree. So uh, thanks for coming on, Anthony. It's been fun having you on the podcast, and, and hopefully uh, hopefully you'll be back in that chair again soon. Yes, I appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Mm-hmm.